Who would be a wolf's butt, eh? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is. Hello, Wolves fans. The first official, I think, um, podcast of the 21-22 season from us, the Wolves fan cast with me, Gully, your host for this evening. I have to say, guys, the 90-minute football thing still, like, I'm still getting used to it. It feels so professional, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> like, we, like we've become something all of a sudden. Um, but... <laughs> I've got the boys with me today. We've got Jordan, Stu, and um, what looks like Mark Atherton, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my you know, Adam, I'll be honest, I've been watching the cricket all day and he's been in my ear like, for, for, for basically the entirety of my, my working day today. So I couldn't help but just drop that line in. Describes you perfectly. Mr. Blending, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> So this this is a officially um, our season preview. Of course, we've got Leicester coming up to kick off the season on Saturday, but a whole pre-season schedule has been um, taken care of uh, at this point. Now, gentlemen, I just want to ask you, how much have you really been taken in with pre-season? I know it's been a summer heavy with football. A lot's gone on. The emotions have been running high especially in this country. Um, but still, I'll start with you. Have you had a bit of a break from it? Have you been really kind of gunning for Bruno's first few games as a manager? Or what's your thoughts so far? I hate pre-season. <laughs> it's, it's just nonsense. And other than if it was unfriendly somewhere else that I hadn't been before, then I'd make a beeline for it. But I watched the crew game, foolishly paid for the money for it. Um, and then I watched an hour of the, um, the the game last weekend. That's it, really. It's all you can really take from it is it's a fitness exercise and a bit of about shape, which I'm presuming you went into detail on on GTA. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it's never really you can never really tell much until that last game, and that last game wasn't great for the first hour. So yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it's ne- it's never a big draw for me. No, that's fair enough. That's totally fair because uh, I think, like I say, we all got a bit football fatigued, I think, um, after the Euros finished. And next thing you know, the players are back for pre-season. But um, it, to, to some of the results, I mean, we we had a defeat at Crew. We beat Real Betis over in Marbella. <laughs> defeat against Las Palmas. Um, an unofficial victory over Al-Shabaab. Um, went under the radar, I think. Um, came back home and, and drew to Stoke. Beat Coventry. Lost to Celta Vigo and then apparently beat Celta Vigo at the training ground as well. Um, so, I mean, Adam, pretty mixed bag of results. Do you read too much into that or is it just a case of Bruno getting to know the boys? Well, clearly, I don't read too much into pre season full stop because I had a look earlier and apparently we played on the 10th of July, we played Forest Green Rovers in a friendly and beat them 3 0. Oh. I didn't even know that happened. Well, that's that <laughs> definitely passed me by and uh, yeah. clearly I've been. Dereliction of duty, not seeing that. You want to take over hosting duties? Uh, <laughs> well, I thought. Well, I, I, I thought it was just me. I thought. Tell us all about it. Tell us all about it. There's nothing to tell because you can't get anything up about it. But about it must be must be like an, um, a friendly Al Shabab type where it was just played with no one, no one, with everyone looking the opposite way. But um, yeah, I'm 
I'm with Stu. I I I don't I don't do pre-season. Everyone normally in most summers, you know, you've had a break and then everyone gets excited about going to crew or for a while we had like the annual trip to Warsaw, didn't we? Where we would beat them three 0 at the best cut, laugh at them for ninety minutes. <laughs> but you get normally you get you go to a pre-season game. You're looking forward to it to get your fix of football. You, you pay your money, you turn up, and you think. Why, why, why have I done this? Because it's normally played at a snail's pace. Nothing's really going on, and you, you think mm, I could have gone home and done something else. And that's gone me. I, I don't really go to any pre-season games like in the normal time. So, um, yeah, looking at, looking at the results, it, it is a bit of a, of a mixed bag, to be honest. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't read too much into it. I know it's quite funny when you see some of the uh, the Twitter online comments. Uh, all rival fans will latch on to a loss, won't, you? won't they? As soon as we lose to crew, you'll get all the local fans out in force giving us a bit of stick for not being able to beat a lower league team. But it doesn't bother me at all. It's it's just all training exercises. It's all trying out new new players. Players are being subbed on and off all the time. New tactics. It's so I don't really read too much into it to be honest. I mean, I watched. Trying to think what I watched now actually. Um I think I watched the the crew game. <clears throat> Didn't pay for it. But um I think I also watched I, I think after I didn't even watch anything else actually, apart from Celt- the Celta Vigo game, which obviously was a <laughs> a bit of a mixed bag. In fact, it's we should that's all performance we thought all almost also be used to, really. Poor first half and a good second half. So really it should we should, should be like par for the course, really, with us. But I think we are expecting different things from the team this year, which I'm sure we'll get on to, um, both personnel-wise and, and formation-wise. But I don't think we've seen too much of a change so far in relation to the, the formation side, certainly from the, the yeah. Celta Vigo game. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy with I'm happy with just the players start doing their talking on Saturday, really, and not, not taking too much credence into the pre-season games. No, that's totally fair. I mean, Jordan, we've obviously made the transition from Nuno to Bruno. Um, obviously, we're expecting fresh ideas, a bit of a new style, maybe. Um, having done GTA and been to the Celta Vigo game, I mean, there's nothing to report really there. I think, you know, like you say, first half bad, second half good, three four three. You know, slow at the back. There really is isn't too much um, of a difference, maybe. Um, Nuno's put on a bit of a disguise. Uh, he's had a shave and, and, and taken all that beard hair and put it on his head and lost a bit of weight, maybe. Um, but what are your first impressions at this point on Bruno Lage as our manager? Um, well, I watched pretty much, well. I watched every friendly via trusty IPTV, um, and then for the South Vigo game, I was at the test match, um, so I didn't watch anything of it. I've not seen any highlights. Um, you definitely had a better day there, let me tell you. <clears throat> well, it was sunny and yeah. well, it was so it was all right. It ended up in a draw like most cricket does as well, so <laughs> there you go. Um, but back to it, sort of, what watching the crew game, the first half, I was really impressed with it. And I know that sounds daft because of at that time it was nil-nil and it's league one opposition, but... Um, you could sort of see there was an identity. You could almost see, right, this is how I want to play. Is that 4-4-2 four, four, with inverted wingers that we've been told that's what you like to play at Benfica. 
and you go right. Okay, you can see what he's trying to do here. As preseason's gone on, I think he's the realization is shit. Um, I've got the players to play this style. Shit, foes not going to support me getting the players I want to play this style, and shit. I'm going to be stuck with Roman Salis, Connor Cody, and Max Kilmer at the back all season. So that, that's what I think. It's almost like, as a manager, I thought I could see what the principles were, but he's had to just revert back to type. And that's why we've gone back into the system. It's what we know as a squad. And is it what we want to see? Probably not. Will it keep us up? Probably. Um, if I'm being honest with you. So, yeah, like I can almost see what his philosophy is, but if he's not going to get backed and get the right players in, then he's had to just play with what he's got, unfortunately, and play to those strengths. So I think it'd be much of a muchness, definitely for the first six months anyway. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it, it doesn't feel... Well, it, it certainly feels to me as if he's come to the realisation that you know things aren't necessarily going to change as quickly as he would have liked. So keeping the players comfortable in a certain system that they're used to is probably going to pay him a little bit of dividends in the in the short term at least and maybe well as we know the transfer window is still open so we'll see what happens but still I, I know you've not necessarily caught too much of the actual football but in terms of as a bloke his demeanor and interviews I mean we haven't heard too much from him but how does he come across to you in from that perspective confident he looks focused more than anything else and you, you were I mean if you rewind back four years, Nuno hardly spoke a word anyway. <laughs> the same thing. So at the same period when he when he joined, and you had Spears talking about it at the time, saying that they were kind of ostracised from the training ground. When the, where were they in Austria? Austria, um, yeah. And they wouldn't speak to him, and he just implemented his his style and his way, and just got on with it. With Lars, it seems like he's more open to speaking about his style of things. So. I mean, for me, he just—he looks focused. He looks like you know—he knows what he's doing. He looks—I'd say—he looks calm because you can't be calm in this place, can you? So, but it's—I'm quietly impressed so far. Let's put it that way. But there, again, there isn't much to go on. That's good. Steve's impressed. I think that's a good—that's a good barometer to go off, isn't it? To be fair. Um, but it's took a start. Yeah, wait, you ain't watch any of the games. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. Adam, I, I, I don't know what your initial reaction was at the point that he was appointed, um, but I feel like because he's not had a career as a player, um, he's, he's obviously come through the youth academies at, at Benfica from a coaching perspective and whatnot. Maybe he has a little bit more to do to convince the players to to get them on side with his with his methods, his his approach, and. And, and whether you might find a bit, a little bit of difficulty with that to begin with. Well, and people, if if players want to doubt him, you can always point to the fact he's won the league title, which nothing Nuno ever did when when he joins. You know, and I know he's I know Nuno managed at a more wide range in clubs, and I think won a couple of cups, didn't he, Nuno? I think before he before he got to Wolves, but I don't. I think now with modern football. Uh, you, you start to see a few more of these coaches and to a lesser extent managers coming through who actually haven't played the game, but they just study the game of football. Um, yeah. They do just the coaching courses and what have you. And, and football moves so quickly anyway. I don't think it matters that you, too much that you're a player 
10 years ago, for example, you know, managers' methods can go out of fashion relatively quickly and managers have to adapt and coaches have to adapt with how quickly football can change. And I think if you've just got the right ideas, then I think you'll, you can go far in the game. And I know obviously the standout example for someone who hasn't played the game is, is Mourinho and there's not, there's not too many like him, but I think that I think what we'll see going forward is you will probably see more a caliber of, of manager making it in the game who really hasn't actually played to a high standard or if at all. Um, to me, he looks like someone who's more involved on on the touchline and on, on on the training pitch than than Nuno was. I think I've seen from the video so far, he's you know he's quite engaged in the sessions and he's. He certainly seems to be more animated on the touchline from what I did see on the Celta Vigo game than Nuno. Nuno's obviously quite, someone's quite studious and he always stood back um, on the action. I think one of his assistants, um, Rui Pedro, I think he was, it was always quite animated yeah, one. Yeah. But I think Bruno seems to be quite, quite animated character. I don't, and, I don't know if anybody was at the, the Vigo game, but I noticed in the first half he was quite demonstrative with his displeasure. Um, with certain parts of the game, and we were shit to be honest. And fair yeah. play, he's at the, he's on the front line, like you say. So, yeah. But yeah, I think um, obviously it was an open secret that he was going to get the job. I think other people had their other favourites, like Fonseca, for example, and and I'm sure there was there was others. Um, but I do think it's a very it's a good thing that we we got him in early doors because he's had a long time at the club now. <laughs> without, without playing a competitive game but it's had all summer to get bedded in we've saw other teams in our league who've you know can't make up their mind to what manager they want and have gone through a list of 10 managers before they've got the one they want um, but he's he's certainly got no excuses in, in terms of being able to get his ideas across to the players because he's had the maximum yeah. amount of time to be able to do that obviously as Steve said whether he's got or as George says whether he's got the players that he wants to do that Yet, probably not, but um, I'm looking for I'm excited to watch, see what he can do, um, yeah. and, and, and what, what ideas he has got across the players. Uh, but more importantly, one what I'm really interested to see is his in game tactics. And does he make a sub before does he, does he make a sub before <laughs> 70 75 minutes? <laughs> no, no, you, you, you're spot on there. I think, to be honest, my biggest problem with Bruno is the fact that his day analyst doesn't look like he's had his first whack. Um, <laughs> he's really young, but um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a new, it's a modern modern way, isn't it? Like you say, that 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 kind of studious coach you, who goes on to become a manager at a, a top level. But Jordan, I mean, we've talked a little bit about um, the tactics from what you've seen of, of the way we've played so far. Do you, do you, are you looking optimistically at this season, at this point, or, or do you think we've got a little bit of work to do? My only optimism about it is we're pretty much at square one from the team that, you know, did get us to Europa League quarterfinal. Whether you look, you know, bar Patricio, it's pretty much the same squad of players we've got. We obviously had horrible injuries last season. So my optimism is that, you know, if we get Raul fit and firing, um, you know, hopefully get Neto back and you've got these players. Like, 
I completely understand the panic and we can all see that the squad needs strengthening. However, I, I believe we're too good to go down. And I know that's quite a poisonous thing to say, but I genuinely do. I know Stu's put his face there. I, I, I do think we're too good to go down. Um, if we I, I, was, I, was listening to, I was listening to a national podcast today and, and someone came out with a, their big call was Wolves to go down. Um yeah, I don't buy it. I think it's just they just know, they just know that what Wolves Twitter are like. They just know they'll get bites and interactions off it. That's why they do it. Like Gabby Agbon Hall today, um, but we can quite clearly see the squad needs strengthening. He needs backing, and I've been talking to like my friends about it um, in a few chats. Like it really feels to me a little bit like right now when Sol backing came in after the season we got relegated, where it quite quite clearly had a style of play. That he wanted to do, but he just didn't completely didn't have the players. And you know, Wolves fans are judged Solbacken on his time at Wolves. But if you look at what Solbacken's done outside of Wolves, he's gone on to be the manager that we, we thought we were getting in terms of what he's done with Copenhagen and, and the like. I think he's now Norwegian national manager. Yeah, I think. He's Norway manager now, yeah. So it's like, you know, he, he's gone on to have a great career afterwards, but that was simply him. Scholar Solbacken was... in charge of Erling Haaland. Like, that's just a, a weird thing to <laughs> answer for Wolves fans, isn't it? But, you know, we've lost him. He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. Um. So, going moving on to um the the hot topic, like we say, we're all refreshing our timelines, um, vigorously every half an hour, um, to to check if there has been any news. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of incomings, obviously we've had the likes of Jose Sarr join, Francisco Trincao, um, yes, on Mosquera, who was cruelly kind of struck that down with injury um, pretty early on, having looked quite promising. Um, Eight Nuri's obviously become a permanent signing, which I think we can all agree is, 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 is good business as well. But what we've we've heard the Celta byline, we've heard that you know the club are looking in the market, they are on the on the on the march for bringing people in, but it has to be um, in line with um, self-sufficiency and all that kind of thing. Nice to see you back, George. Um, <laughs> Technical problems. Where, where do we go from here, Stu? Because I think we're in a bit of limbo at the moment, aren't we? Pray. Pray to whatever God you've got, I think, <laughs> at this point. It's, it's guy on um, Jordan's cap, Deus, isn't it? That's who we're yeah. playing to. Yeah. Amadeus. That's where you need to have. Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> Um, see, that analyst is probably too young to know what that Amadeus song is. I'd say, I that's how bad it is. Oh, f- <laughs> <sighs> this is an ages podcast again. Um, I think I'm on, we, your, I'm on your side, Steve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> top, top tier. Just send um, me the link. Just send me the link. <laughs> you won't like it anyway, but just, just, just do it. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> We got, we're not putting, you can search it yourself. I'm not putting it in this podcast. We'll get, we get struck off. Um, I think it's glaringly obvious that defense is the major problem. I think I'm more, the, I'm a bit with George with attacking wise, bring it on. Attacking wise, I think we could easily finish in the top half, but that defense looks shocking. And it was all right last year when they had two holding midfielders, well, pretty much 10, 10 men behind the ball at all times, protecting the defense. And we kind of scraped to safety in the end below Newcastle again. Let's point that out. Um, but if we're going to be expansive and then that defense is going to be put to the test, 
it's we five to one with bet three six five to get down. And after the first first half last week, I thought there's good money in that because if that defensive not is not strengthened, you got, got a consolation hundred quid on that or something. Well, it goes towards next season season ticket though, just in case. <laughs> um, I've done it before, I'll do it again. But it's just I think it's such an Achilles heel that it's not even a secret that everyone knows that that defence is two-thirds of it's the same as the championship defence. And it's just, it wasn't good enough last year. It wasn't good enough two years ago. It's not going to be good enough when we're playing more attacking wise and we, we got holes at the back. So if we don't strengthen defensively in the next two weeks, I think we, we're seriously in trouble. And uh, it's not being reactionary. It's not trying to get clicks or anything like that. It's just what I think. I think we... We're gonna struggle with that defense. One, one thing I last though, sorry, I was just gonna say, you know, with that defense, and again, like I'm usually quite negative on it, you know, but I'm being a little bit optimistic. Maybe it's just pre-season and I'm feeling all <laughs> about it. But if you if you put Mos, if we play that system, you put Mosquera and Bolly either side Cody. Are you a lot more comfortable with that as a back three yeah. back five? Yeah, absolutely. But that's the Bolly's now. Turn into Mr. Glass, doesn't he? Let's be let's be honest. He, and he'll be disappearing for a month in January, same as Sace. Mosquera, you're putting a lot of pressure on a kid from a different continent. Let's let's get it right. He's not he's not like he's just popped over the sea. He's he's coming a long way. And yeah, Yerimina settled, but he's a, he was a lot older when he turned up for Everton. So yeah. it's put it's asking a lot for a kid yeah. to come in I under that it, pressure. It proves the point though that. You know, we saw a little bit from Mosquera in pre-season and people were really keen on what he had to offer. And that goes to show, I think, how negatively the fan base holds our defensive line at the end of the day. You know, if they feel like, you know, a 20-year-old kid from Colombia who's wet behind the ears can improve it. Yeah. And I'm normally quite... Um, I've been quite positive normally on, 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 the, on the chat, but it, even though I'm not having to like set my sights a bit lower down, this, Ad, this Adam, year, King Kilman is in the team. Don't worry, he's there. He's a, he's, he's well, his place is secure at the moment. If he was he, in the team, if he was in the team, it wouldn't be a problem. Well, hopefully, Bruno fancies him more than Nino does because <laughs> <laughs> Nino hated the sight of him, <laughs> didn't even put him on the bench some games. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think right now, obviously, we've, we've got to be a bit uh realistic. Because we haven't speaking now, you know, half it's, there's still a few weeks the transfer window to go, but we, we we keep being battered over the head with this sell to buy line, um, because of well for whatever for for whatever reason, self sufficient reasons, UA for FFP reasons, whatever whatever they are, we we have to accept the fact that we're going to have to sell to buy, and we're not going to go and spaff loads of money in the remainder of the transfer window and buying. A, a, a new a new defender, a new midfielder, without letting anyone else go. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, just thinking about the Celta boy. I mean, we've seen a little bit of movement. Um, it looks like the likes of Rafa Mir on their way. Catrone's temporarily out the door. It seems Oenotis Sawi is seemingly a goner as well. Who is dispensable if you, if we do need to make a move? What well, as in who else other than those yeah. that we need to get rid of? I mean, yeah. Sace will be another one, to be honest, because Sace is someone who I think a lot of us on here... Do you not think we need numbers there, though, as well, in terms of actually for quantity? 
Well, if you if you want to get rid of a department of the team that's got numbers, that's one that's the forward department. But we don't want to lose any of them because that's our mm. best our best players are in that part of the team. We don't want to lose any of them. So you're looking for the players who. I mean, initially it was always we were sold a line that it could be one of Traore or Neves because they hold a lot of value, but the whole value because we need them in the team essentially. So we don't we don't want to get rid of them. Um, I mean, the Patricio sale made sense really, and and I know he he didn't really want to leave at all, but we could buy another keeper in that's of similar quality, five years younger. That that made sense. We made some money off that. And Sais is someone I think he's only got a year left. On his contract, and on this podcast here, we've called him out numerous times as being a bit of a liability. And I've even showed that in the, the Celta Vigo friendly, didn't they? <laughs> when he went chopping down one of their players, um, not more than once. And got, the penalty and, was the, it was the, probably the well, worst part. Yeah, he, getting, getting, he, was, he actually got rattled in a pre-season friendly. <laughs> he, he could he, he was putting heads and could have got sent off in a pre-season I mean, friendly. You need what you need one or two in the team that will put it about, don't you? You do, but not to the detriment of your team sometimes. Plus, which... He's great on social media. He's great for the backroom team to get clips of him. <laughs> he is. So, are, we, is, are you saying new four-year deal then? No, no. I'm, <laughs> saying, I'm saying get a shot. I'm going to be honest now. He's had his time. I think he's had his time. But, but, but yeah, I mean, I think for, for, for me, uh, with the activity we've got so far, um, it doesn't scream... You know, breaking into back into the top eight or, or wherever it may be. I think it's, and I don't want to use the dreaded T word again we had last season, that transition, because we don't want to hear that again. Another 12 months of that. But I think it, it potentially could be a reason why, you know, Nuno, Nuno's part of leaving was that he was already told that for this season coming, there'll be no money again. And he wants to obviously progress, push his own career for, further. Bruno's come in and gone. Oh, oh, okay, so it's it's a bit of a holding pattern for the first twelve months before we can start to spend some money next year. Um, so I think it'll probably be, you know, my sight to set around mid mid table, mid to lower table, something like yeah. that again. I don't want it to be ideally. No, no one fan really wants it to be, but yeah. I think I've got to put a realistic hat on this year. I think I've, I think I mean, you use the word transition. If ever we had to use that word, surely it's when a new manager comes in, though, isn't it? If if you are going to call it that, that's when there has to be a period of adjustment, in my eyes, personally. Um, but talking of, of of perhaps transition and 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 you know improving things, what about the players that are already at the club? Because I I've, I've got a little bit of a problem that. You know, we seem to freeze players in time. I think we 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 see you know a certain level that a player has achieved, and then we can't get that out of our heads. You know, that's it; they're done, they're finished. I think the best example of that, probably at the moment at Wolves, is someone like Dendonka. Dendonka wasn't a problem for the first two years of his Wolves career because the team was playing well. He was never a game changer, but he supplemented the side very well. Now, when the team isn't playing well, someone like him, I think, gets a bit exposed because he's not going to be contribute he's not going to turn a game around for us because he's just not that kind of player and I think there have been calls for him to be sold and you know try and try and you know make some money off him and then move him on and that kind of thing but I, I still think that there's a bit of a player there that'll be useful to us so I, I Jordan I don't know what, what you think about the players that are currently at the club but who do you see potentially you know writing off last season and making a new you know chapter in his Wolves career under Bruno? 
Yeah, I think um, under that four four two system, I really thought that Dendonka would have been perfect for it, just to be basically shuttling along from right to centre or left to centre and covering the fullback runs. And I'm I'm the same as you, really. Like, I do still think there's a play there. I understand why people have got on his backs, and I also understand why people are like, well, maybe he's one of the ones to be sold. The reality is, Dendonka in today's market. I don't know. He's been at Wolves three seasons. I believe he's a defensive midfielder, probably in a number six role. We've never seen him play as a number six for Wolves. <laughs> and if you're trying to sell him in the market, what's his value? Because I couldn't even tell you where he plays. So, you know what I mean? Sort of looking at that, it's really hard. I think that last season, you know, was a write-off for many reasons. A lot of it I can't get on board with, all this stuff about no fans, all this bollocks. No, like we just weren't simply weren't good enough. And that's the reason why Nuno is not here. Not because of transition, it just wasn't good enough for me. And he probably burnt too many internal bridges if what you hear is led to believe to be true. So I think, like I say, I generally think we've got the core of a decent squad there. But how I see it is like, I tried to find the photo earlier to put in the group. You know, like there's a picture of the horse with like, and then like someone's just drawn stick legs. That's like our attack looks like a stallion. <laughs> we've, got, we've got the back, we've got the defense of like chicken legs trying to hold this stallion up because. There's no, there's no doubt that we can win games on moments, and we've seen that under Nuno as well. And I think that actually enabling those four players to go on and express themselves even more should, in theory, get us further up the pitch, create more chances, and winning more games. The problem will be then when we get exposed at the back, and I, I don't know how. And for me, I thought it was a Nuno thing, but it must be a Fosen thing because. Nuno's gone into Tottenham and he's gone and spent fifty million pound on the centre half straight away. First signing, pretty much, is Christian Romero. You can't tell me Nuno's been at Wolves for four seasons and gone, oh, our centre backs are fine. You know what I mean? Like he sold Toby Alderweireld, who would even at, with like no knees like he's got at the moment, would still be our best centre half by a country mile mm. if he came to Molyneux. Sold him, so like. <sighs> Yeah, like for me, I've gone completely off the question here. <laughs> I know I've gone off on a tangent, but um, I, I, I'm fairly optimistic. I, I'm in comparison to like Wolves Twitter, using that as a barometer. Like, I do generally think we've got a good core squad there, but we saw last season we only need one or two injuries and we're fucked, literally. Yeah. And that's but, we're playing. but Bruno has made the point, he has made the point, he wants two players for each position. position. You know, competing with each other, going hell for leather to make sure in training, you know, they're on it. And when it comes to a Saturday or a Sunday, they're on it and they're not, you know, letting up because they know there's someone breathing down their neck every every single week. Um, yeah. Stu, I've got to come to you now because we've had a little bit of a had a little bit of a chat in the group today. Another player that I think will be a big contributor this season as long as he's fit, Daniel Pedence. I think if we had a fully fit Daniel Pedence for 30 plus games last season. I think we improve as a football team, bottom line, like we get more wins. Do you see him having a big season potentially? I think Pedence and Big in the same sentence is a bit harsh. Uh, (laughs) No, I don't. He's just a a little rat that runs around. There's something there with him, but I've I've seen it once against Spurs. In that game, when it for Arcos for Wolves, I've I know your your love for him knows no bounds, but it's just <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's 
I don't get him. I just don't get him. So I, don't, I get a bit too he's, far. Right. He's more. He's so. He's so easy to wind up. And then when he yeah, gets wound up, he yeah, gets himself in. Then he gets himself injured, and then he's out for a month. Then he comes back and he, he falls over and runs around and looks like he's got something about him. And then repeat and repeat and repeat. I just if someone offered twenty million for him, you snap your hand off, just get rid. It's I'll be, I'll be let's be let's be right. I'd be I'd love to be proved wrong again, but with Pedence, I don't see. Then Donka, like Jordan said. I'd love it for Dendonka and Neves to start on Saturday against Leicester because that'd be superb in the, the way that he seems to want to play. So I think he has got a second chance, but Pedence, I just don't get it. I don't see it at all. There was flashes of Pedence, wasn't there, at times? And then I think, like, even Chelsea at home, he was, I thought he played well against Chelsea at home when we beat him 2 1. Um, we've seen flashes of him, but when he came back from his injury, was it was it when he came off the bench against the Albion? Or, and he, no, I just he, thought. Yeah, I thought he was. Oh, I, I remember, I remember him having a shit. Like he come off the bench. He was. He, was, he weren't fit. He, he clearly back and he weren't fit at all. Um, and they needed to fix it properly. But I still think the best football we played last season had him at the heart of it. And I think, bottom line, you know, we can talk about bringing players in and, and whatnot. That squad is relatively similar to the one that went on a Europa League run, finished seventh in the season. You know, Raul Jimenez, obviously, a big, big plus for him to be back. If you if you look at that side, there's no reason, really, why it can't be seen as a top-half football team. I don't think, personally. I know we've got a couple of issues at the back and whatnot, but as long as it's set up correctly, we can still get results in this league. So the negativities bother me a little bit because, you know, we talk about getting proven players and these players have proven themselves and whatnot, you know, in terms of bringing players, signings into the club. But the, the players at the club have already proven themselves to a certain extent, have they not? But they have. But again, that was two years ago. And it's the whole thing of, if you don't move forward in football, you go backwards. There is no standing still. And we've stood still for two years. And... You could see, and yeah, this might be a re the refresh with a different manager, different philosophy, and whatever. But they're two years older, and I mean, at this point, I'd even take that bearded tree at Liverpool, wherever his name is, in defence rather than Sace, the one who, who yeah, I completely forgot. He's that's the best. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, oh, I'd even have him. Come off it, Stu. Uh, rather than Sace, because at least he's yeah, going to head the ball. Also like, know that Liverpool are going to sell him for like twenty-five million to some <laughs> some mug. Right, no, no, I'm telling you now, I tweeted it the other week. He'll be coming to us as part of this Jota money they owe us. 100%. The mortgage payments. Yeah. We're going to end up with a Rigi, Nat Phillips, and bloody Nico Williams. And it'll be like, there you go, shake hands about what we're going to do with these three. But that's what we'll end up with. I'm telling you. <laughs> Or we get, we'll, that, we get, we'll get Salah when he turns like 35 or something. <laughs> you could argue, though, with Pedence, has he actually been played in the right position since he's been right. here? Because he's been shoved out on the wing a lot of the time, hasn't he? Which, yeah, he's not a winger. Not I'm a winger. Not, I wasn't familiar with his time at Olympiacos, but I don't think he was a winger there, was he? Then we yeah, go back to this whole... Well, then we go back to this whole thing of do you play him as number 10? Well, do we play number 10 in our system? And then also apparently large, quite 
likes Gibbs White and he's number 10 and we've said before unless he's playing in the right position then there's no point us keeping him either so um, that's, a, that's a bit of a conundrum that Large needs to sort out because if he plays 4-4-2 there's no place for either of those players in the system um, if we are going to carry on with five at the back then maybe there is if we play some weird 5-3-2 like, or I don't know Four one one maybe four four one one, but I think in order to properly judge Pedence, as that was there's a question, he needs to be in his actual position. And I yeah. think correct me if I, I know I know it's a long time ago now, but the game that him and there's got his injury in, I'm sure he played as like, withdrawn from a striker and he, he had a played, great game. Yeah, we played about four. He yeah. played as a ten, scored a great goal, and we looked brilliant that day. Uh, you know considering the injury that happened and then Fabio came on and led the line. I thought yeah. we were immense. I thought we were immense. But, yeah. I mean, talking of the injury, obviously it's it's the big return of Real to Premier League football on Saturday. Um, I mean, open to the floor. How transformative do you think that is for Wolves? Well, it's one of the best players in the league, so... It's, it's like it's like I get it. It's like I get it. card, isn't it? Really, like most of the games that we played, and I like how they 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 deliberately that that photo that you put on social media of him heading the ball. That was absolutely deliberate, like as, yeah. if, to, as if to say, you know, I'm not this. This won't affect me. It's not going to hold me back. Having this uh, reinforced bandana around my head, it's not going to stop me from being the player that I was before. I don't know about you, but if, if you if you had to go and head the ball with something on you, I feel like he he's going to spoon headers and stuff like it feels like potentially. <laughs> You've got to get used to that, surely. Well, if you look at it, it's he said he would, they were having a second model made of he it, had a so he could do, yeah, yeah. So in the one that he had to start with, it only had padding on the sides. So if if it's on the sides and it's just like a like a fe, like a kind of feather a headband on a dial headband at the front, and it's just a bit of material, then. Maybe there is no problem with it. He must have been heading the ball like uh, yeah. Den Donker last season. And then he's yeah. 50 pence. He, he, he probably is a great tennis player as well, isn't he? He's just, <laughs> like, just running around tennis court with a missus, like running shit. But, but I, think, I think, no, I think you're right. I think the, go back to the question. I think he's going to help us. I mean, I mean he's going to help transform us a little bit because, I mean, last season was pretty much like almost a write off without him. And to have him back, he's going to bring, he's going to lift the players around him as well. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I think it will because he's going to help bring the best out of some of our other players as well. Um, in the way that Fabio can't or, or you know couldn't last season, um, or William Jose certainly didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yes, Jimenez, he's, he's going to be um, like a new signing. Someone had to say it, honestly. Honestly, um, just quickly, actually, talking of new signings, Francisco Trincao obviously has uh, has arrived at the club, and Stu's rubbing his hands together. He's got his pecker up. I mean, like I say, Stu hasn't watched preseason, so I don't know if he's. (laughs) But um, George, what have you made of him uh, to begin with? Um, expected more so far, and I think that you know, again, I'm you know, there's been some nice moments, neat moments, but has he 
Does he strike me as a player that's come from Barcelona? No, I don't, no. Like for me, I know I know he's been touted, and I know he's mate. I know he's got a senior Portugal Portuguese cap. And what I've seen so far, does he strike me as someone who would be part of that Barcelona squad? I know it's a different Barcelona squad to what we've been used to the last ten years. Yeah, not not from what I've seen so far. I, I think he could end up being a good player for us, but what I've seen so far, I'm not convinced he's the answer so far. But I, I'm happy to. Open the floor up to people tell me I'm wrong. Still, you're rubbing your hands. I don't know what that. <laughs> uh, the few, I mean, there's me and you who watch La Liga and other foreign foreign language <laughs> leagues that no one no, else does. Really Stu being the one that watches all the European football. I know. It's... <laughs> yeah, well, they've got their place. They know where they are. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it, the handful of games that I saw him for Barcelona, yeah, it was against Cadiz and, and teams like that. But even so, he's got something about him. And he does remind me a lot of Neto hmm. at times. And like I said, I couldn't care less about pre-season performance. It is what it is. I mean, does any, has anyone ever shined in pre-season and, and gone on? So, I mean, even well, Teixeira looked at no, the was, world um, break. The one that the one that we had under Mick, the Brazilian guy, Finkler. We'll we'll have Gil Yeah. Yeah. Pele, yeah, Pele reborn go. in preseason. Whatever whatever happened to him, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Silas, that was another one. Silas looked amazing against that in that game at Molly. And then look what happened. Nothing. So preseason performance is what it is, but I think I, I saw enough of him probably a combined total of about four, four and a half games total. To know he's got something that we didn't have before, other than Neto. So, for me, it's just it's something new and it's something different. And he's a, someone who's not scared to take someone on. And other than Neto and Traore, we haven't got anyone like that. Yeah, I think it's really hard to judge him as well on the preseason when you're chopping and changing players left, right, and centre. Like normally, when you're playing preseason, you change half the team at half time. And then the change, even the kids come on at like 60, 70 minutes. So I, I, I can't imagine that's going to be conducive to, you know, him being star man every game. But let's face it, he's come, he's come from a good background, come from good stock. Um, exciting player. I think when he gets, when he gets, when we get bedded in and we actually start playing competitive games, I'm, I'm really excited as to what, what he can do. And what he will do for us. I mean, we're going to have potentially Traore on one side and him on the other. So we, we should be good. We should be potent going forward. Um, obviously, being Portuguese, he's going to take no time at all settling in. Um, yeah, it's, it's what we want. Exciting young players from you know, that's come from a good team. So, I, I, again, from what I've seen so far, it looks, looks okay. But as, as you know, as me and Stu have said, we don't really place too much stock on pre-season. So, yeah. um, just excited to see what he can do when 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 the real action starts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really doesn't matter what we think because if he doesn't start a game, Mr. Mendes is going to be knocking on Bruno's door, making sure the next time he does. So, this is what it is. <laughs> right, boys, I'm going to put your necks on the line here. We're going to go around the room. A um, few questions for you. Where do we finish the end of this season? Stu, we'll start with you. With the squad at this moment in time on the 12th of August, 
Um, 16th. Bloody hell, Stu. Sixteenth, but more entertaining than last year. <laughs> that, yeah, okay, I could, I could handle that. I'm paying more for my season ticket this year. So. <laughs> George, what do you think? Um, as of recording, anywhere between sort of twelfth to fourteenth. I mean, I feel um, like I need to. I need to nail you to something. Let, now. Let's go thirteenth then to play the happy medium. There, we'll go thirteenth. Right. I'll be honest with you. And how it feels right now, I'd suck Vinnie Clark off for a top. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> as, uh, as, of, as of the twelfth of August, that is as well. We'll see what else happens. If, but... I mean, if, if any of our listeners want to want to write this down for us and remind us at the end of the season, please, please do. Um, <laughs> Adam, where are you going? Uh, we're going to be. Spectacular and finish eleventh in the in in a Kevin Keegan style each game three two four three. Yeah, I'd one hundred percent take that. All yeah, bring long. it on all day long. Um, will that be after last year? <laughs> <laughs> who, who are you going for? Player of the season, Stu. Oh, Raul, I think the obvious. I think he, unless unless no, I'll stick with Raul. Yeah. Okay. Jordan? Uh, yeah, Raul. I think, other than Raul, to not be boring, Nelson Tomato. Okay. It's a good shout. It's a good shout. Gone off the radar in isolation. Hope you're okay, Nelson. Um, <laughs> Adam? I, I think that we're going to see uh, an established player reborn this year playing largest brand of football and he's going to be star man he's going to be Ruben Neves he's going to be our player of the season this year he did, he did look good against Alto I have to say I, I, I really enjoyed watching him against he Alto. just looked like he just looked like from what I saw he looked like the player that he always like, should have been and, and can be like we all know how much he was shackled championship Ruben Neves like yeah mm. yeah um, and I can't wait for all the commentators to start Getting excited over his long shots again. <laughs> and I can actually one might hit the target this time. <laughs> might watch games on mute this season. Um, so is that gonna be and well, I'm gonna ask you now, a flop. Who's gonna totally bomb this season, Stu? Cody. Oh, okay. All right, interesting. Just because he's played in a system that Protected him for a lot of to- a lot of the time, and yet he stepped up and he has played in a four for England, but against who? Um, I just I think it was actually San Marino, wasn't it? <laughs> I just I'm still on the fence about if he can actually do it. In if we if we stay with the back five all season, then I don't think there's a problem. But if we tran- if we are transitioning um, into a four, is he really good enough in an attacking team in a back four? I don't think so. So I think. Yeah, I think it could be a bad one. I think I, I found it interesting. I think in pre-season, I, it might have been with Tim Spears in the Athletic. He done an interview where he talks about um, how much work he does on his mobility. Like he has his personal, like sprint coach, running coach that he works with about all of his agility stuff and things. And I think he knows it's a weakness in his game. Um, clearly, there's a there's a peak to what he can achieve with with his 
genetics and whatnot, but he's just never going to be a quick footballer, is he? And and that's uh-huh. one thing that he's going to need. But okay, interesting, George. Um, flops hard, isn't it? Because you want to pick someone who's probably <laughs> flop, flop isn't hard, George. Flop, yeah, yeah. No, true, true. <laughs> um, make sure to pick someone who's going to play thirty games plus, who might not flat or flatter to deceive. Um, I mean, flopping could be the the simple fact that a certain player doesn't play. Do you know what I mean? They've been yeah. so short in training every week that Bruno doesn't see fit to, you know, start. I'll go for a flop of, and again, there's no, I've got nothing to back it up with, just to be a bit different. I'm going to go with um, Jose Sar. <gasps> Wash your mouth out. Oh, God. I was thinking the same thing as well. Yeah, we can't have a goalkeeper flop, man. Like, it's, oh, no, that's the no. worst. That is the worst. No, no, I just, you know what? It's just, a, I just wanted to be a bit different on the order fence, Stu. And, <laughs> and D, we could be under a bit of pressure this year. And he's been, you know, I've liked what I've seen. <laughs> I liked what I saw with Olympiakos. However, Olympiakos, for, in the Greek league, it's a farmer's league, let's be honest with you. He's not going to be under pressure. So I've seen him under pressure, getting peppered a little bit, maybe, in some of these games. Be interesting to see how he handles it. That's all I'll say. I'll just say on that, in the Champions League, they were very peppered every every year. And for three years, he never let them down once. So, I know, but it, this is Walsh. Yeah, <laughs> undoubtedly. I know that I listened to the episode with Gully when they were talking about shirts and keepers, which I should have been on. Um, you should have. You should have. Undoubtedly, he'll lose us about three games, three or four games, by doing something ridiculous. But then, at the same time, do you sacrifice that for what he, gain, what he gives you? In so distribution, the, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, his distribution's amazing. Like from what I've seen, compared to Rui, who like kicked a ball, like he was had a pitching wedge for a foot. Um, <laughs> literally, everything was just, yeah. I've never seen him drill a ball ever. Um, no, don't get me wrong. What I've seen, I think he's a very good goalkeeper. But when we're talking about flop, I've got high expectations for him. So, do I think he might cost two points? Yes. That's all. That's all my back. That's all. That's my back. Back. I mean, George, you've, you've given your shout. It's going to be in writing somewhere in someone's notepad. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no dice. <laughs> um, Adam, who's who's your flop this season? Well, it's definitely going to be Mar- Marcel, isn't it? Okay. All right. All right. Def- definitely. Without doubt. Without doubt. He's not even going to play. If he plays more than three consecutive games, <laughs> then. Which is already oh. been in pre-season, I'm pretty certain. <laughs> real games. Okay. Right. Actual real games. Where someone might actually tackle him. <laughs> yeah, so, someone might actually touch him. Or something Something will happen and that's it. He's, he's gone. It's either that or the the outrageous shout is that, um, you say, Pedro Neto, he comes back and he's nothing like the player he was before. Well, like, like Michael Branch when he came back. It's the first time I've ever heard Pedro Neto compared with Michael Branch, <laughs> to, to be honest. <laughs> I hope Pedro Neto doesn't become a drug dealer. <laughs> didn't, didn't Michael Branch have extenuating circumstances as an excuse? So. What were they? <laughs> his, nose, his nose was blocked up. <laughs> and just um, just to, to wrap up the first part of today's episode, guys, I, I want to hear just a, a surprise that you think will happen this season in football, whether it be Wolves, unrelated, whatever. Any any big shouts that you've got that nobody else would think of? 
team to go down maybe or something mm. or just whatever. Can I give you It'll a surprise? Be... Go on. And this again, this is this might actually get me lynched at Molyneux. Twelfth of August. I still think Ruben Neves might end up at Man United before the end of the window. Ooh. Because let me explain it though. Lukaku's gone to Chelsea today and into Milano, Man United over forty million pounds. From what we're led to believe, Ruben Neves was being touted around about thirty-five million pounds. So, if that's true, and they Man United see that forty million, I could see them coming in for Ruben Neves before the end of this window. They are still in the market for a midfielder, aren't they? I mean, you really aren't becoming Mister Popular today, are you? Jordan? <laughs> oh, screw it. <laughs> Uh, I think random random moment at some point this season, a game will be stopped because a squirrel will be on the pitch. A squirrel. There you go. Yeah. Has that never happened before? I was just about to say a squirrel on the pitch. Was it? See, there's a squirrel there in my garden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad your imagination is running wild, guys. Like honestly, Please. you could have thought of anything to say, and then you saw <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> I just saw his, face, his eyes open as I said squirrels. Like what? The, what? There's, no, there's been cat. There's been the, the cat at Goodison. The um, the, there was a the at the Euros. There was a parachutist. Yeah. yeah, there was the um, there was the chicken with a cape on a Blackburn. There's always there's always dogs. <laughs> did the did the, did the cape have Venkies on the back? Yeah, yeah it, it was um, it was a Blackburn Artelabor um. Logo and everything, won't it? <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well, there you go. That's me and Stu's prediction. <laughs> that's fair enough. That's the totally game will enough. be stopped this season because of a squirrel on the pitch. That's totally fair enough. Well, on that note, we will wrap up for the first part, guys. And after the break, we're going to have a look at our first fixture against them lot down the road in Leicester. Uh, we'll catch you there. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, of course, a bit of wrestling, um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, wolvesfancast.com, please go check it out. But they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing-wise, so make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. Welcome back, everybody, uh, to part two of your season preview with Wolves Fancast. Um, now, as we know, season is kicking off this coming Saturday at the King Power Stadium. I was about to call it the Walker Stadium then for a second, like, but um, that's, a better, that's a better name, isn't it? Let's be honest. It is a better <laughs> name. But... Um, against Leicester, that old club who we always seem, seem to be used as a stick to beat us with, you know, their owners, a, a stick to beat our owners with, and we want to be measuring up against them. And there's how uh, questions flying around in the WhatsApp group, how many of our players get into their side, etc., etc., etc. It's opening day. We, there's not really too much to go off, let's be honest, but... They do seem to have had quite a decent transfer window um, by the looks of it. Brought in, I mean, from a football manager perspective uh, and being a bit of a connoisseur of the game myself, they've had a really good uh, transfer window. Brought in the likes of Patson Daka, um, Bubakari, Samare, um, Ryan Bertrand, I, I, who I, I would have taken in a heartbeat, to be brutally honest, at Wolves. 
And it looks like they're bringing in Yannick Vestergaard as well um, due to Wesley Fofana's unfortunate injury. But, I mean, the, all this talk about Leicester being the team to aim for and the model to, to follow, how far off are we, do we really think? I know we had a little bit of a chat about this in the group. George, where, where do you stand on that? Further away now than we were 12 months ago. Um, I mean, but what does that mean? Because 12 we, months ago, I'd have, I'd have almost argued probably 12 months ago we were on a level playing field, probably. Yeah, but that still had that... Um, they still had obviously won a Premier League relatively recently, which obviously helps. But their their model, tran- the, the, their transfer model is perfect for this money boy they forgot about being self-sufficient. You buy people in at a price, you sell them on for why. Like they got Maguire in for like 15 million, sold him for 80. They got Mara's in for less than five, I think, sold him for around less than a million. Mara's was about 500 grand, wasn't yeah. he? Oh, there you go. Then yeah. that's one. So, not Chilwell. I know he's a youth cadet, but well, you know, he's been there from the start, sold him for 45 million pounds to Chelsea last year. Like they're the model of you can almost sell some of your better players, but then they go in and strengthen again. Like, have we got the faith that if we sold Raul Jimenez, Ruben Neves, Dharma Troyore, on the basis of what Fosen have done in the window since that first one in the Premier League, would we back Fosen or Scott Sellers and this team behind the scenes to get it right? No, <laughs> is the truth. Um, I completely get the argument of wanting to base sales on Leicester, but the reality is they have won a Premier League They've now won an FA Cup, so we are quite a way away from them. But I do agree with you that player for player, probably 12 months ago, if you were asking for a best 11, combined 11, you're probably looking at six six versus five or five versus six either way, in my opinion. So, But I do now feel that gaps. I, yeah. I think it's a bigger gap now, obviously. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. I, I mean, we talk about the Premier League winning all that kind of shit, but... It wasn't long ago when Claude Puel had his head in his hands because, you know, Diogo Jota has just scored his, his hat-trick goal to beat him 4-3 at Molyneux. You know, at the time, Leicester were really going nowhere as a football club. Um, so, is it as simple as saying that Brendan Rodgers has changed so much for him, do you think, Adam? I think with Leicester, what they've... You can draw parallels between us and them in the fact that they've, as George said, they've sold on star players and reinvested. They've they've managed to crack it in so much. They've kept the success up and kept, whereas obviously for us, we've we've sold, say, Jota was one of our big sales and coincided us with us having a poor season last year and we, and we fell away. Um, they just... It's going back to when they won the Premier League, it just seems as though everything just fell right for them. They've managed to kind of just about keep momentum going since then, regardless of managers. I mean, when when the Whispering Claude was in charge, they kind of still potted a bit. They didn't really fall away too much, did they, even when he was in charge? And Brendan, obviously, is quite a forward-thinking coach who really, you know, doesn't get... As, probably might not get as much credit as what he deserves because of, of his character. <laughs> Literally, one of his favourite words that he uses: character. But um, they've obviously got a good backroom staff there, and who know 
the correct caliber of player that they need and fits the team to get in like, like the Belgian contingent, like the Castagnas and Tillemans and Pratt, I think it is. They're, they're all really good players and they've, they've fitted their system well. They've somehow managed to keep Vardy relatively injury-free and he's he's managed to keep his form up. And even then, they fall back on Ian Acho, who's an amazing finisher. No always has even at his time at Man City, he was a great finisher. He just doesn't just doesn't get the game time because there's always someone more established ahead of him. Um that being said, I, I do look at them this season and I kind of think they're gonna fall away a little bit this year. I know they've strengthened, but I think everyone else above them has strengthened better than they have. So I think I don't think they're gonna be like top four this season. They might just they might get there at sixth. Potential, I think that this this year, um, but they just they just seem to be to me like a club who they've got their head screwed on across multiple departments, both on the pitch and off the pitch. They just seem to know what they're doing and, and they stay connected with with their fan base. Um, so I understand why people, you know, regularly Wolves fans look at Leicester and say, "Well, why can't why can't we be like them?" And I'm sure there's. It's not. It's not as easy as that. But yeah, um, Rogers is certainly a coach who I think, and I'm, I'm not going to speak for all of us here, but I think we were. If we could have, if we could have got Rogers here, we would be over the moon, wouldn't we? If we, if, 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 in the summer we, you know, we didn't get large, we got Rogers. Which I know it was it's the theoretic, theoretical uh, point to make, but if, um, if we were to get Rogers, we'd be over the moon, over the moon. If we were to get someone like him. So, in response to your question, yeah, I think he's, Rogers played a massive part with pushing pushing them forward. And let's not forget, I think is it of Leicester now had two sort of final day blunders where they could have got in the Champions League two years I, running. I heard I heard today they over the last two seasons they spent more time than any other club in the top four. Um, over the well, that was it. I think was it on the, when Bennett went there on loan and yeah. they, they fell out in the last day, didn't they? And yeah. I think this, the same must have happened last year when they've, they've spent pretty much the whole season top four and they've just they've, they've fell away in, in the last month or two. So, yeah, they're just at, at the minute. Compar- I understand the comparisons, but as George says, they're they're streets ahead of us <clears> at the minute. But you know that that being said, I, I don't see them finishing top four this year. They'll, they'll sneak in sixth for me. But it's it's certainly going to make Saturday really really hard opening test for us well I don't know if anybody else saw today um, Leicester tweeted out from their social media some uh, some nice looking graphics of, of a potential new stadium um, or stadium improvements anyway to their current setup um, which is something that has been rumbling along in the background uh, with with regard to our own club as well um, so we literally can't we can't escape the conversation with, with, with these at the moment but Stu, I mean, what did you did you have a look at that? Did what did that make of what did you make of it? It looks great. I mean, it's it's everything that Ferguson said eighteen months, two years ago that we were going to have, and a function room, three hundred and sixty five days of the year being used rather than just on match day, and all this kind of stuff. And it's built on the back of it. The difference is it's built on the back of a stand, a stadium that's only twenty years old, rather than a stand that's reinforced with peppermints and all kinds of nonsense underneath it um, that needs ripping down and starting again. That's the difference. But even so, 
they've done they've bought their brand spanking new training ground and doing this to the stadium through winning the Premier League and getting the Champions League. That's where that money's gone. Yeah. It hasn't gone on the team because, like Jordan said, the whole money ball thing has been going on for years. Even when they won the Premier League the year after, they sold off the, off the, the starting eleven. So that they've done that through winning stuff and through that success. So, but again, it doesn't count for FFP and there's ways around it. So while they they're air and half down the road doing that kind of thing, Villa are looking at expanding as well, and we're sitting on our ass pissing about not being able to put some Meccano together. There's going to be the discussion, and people are going to be mad. So, it's you can't blame people for people for being mad when they were sold this vision by the club themselves. Yeah, no, no. I think I think you, you definitely got a point. You definitely got a point there. But it, there seems to be a, been a, a recalibration of what that vision is uh, from folks' mm. perspective. Anyway, like like we've seen in uh, a number of articles and things now. So, moving on to the football. Um, Last pre-season friendly is generally an indicator of where the manager's head is regarding starting lineups and things. We know that Nelson Semedo, who we would have assumed was probably going to be a, a shoe in to start a right wing back, has been in self-isolation. But Keanu Herbert, I don't know if you guys uh, watched the game, but you know he seemed to have a really good game um, against Celta Vigo. So. Any thoughts on the starting lineup? Where you would go, the way you would you would approach things? I know we've got a few injuries, but um, George, what, what, what would, how do you set up for this one? Well, I've, I've said it a few times, and again, I haven't what I said. I haven't watched Celtic be a good game. I saw that Hover had you know plaudits for his performance and stuff. I think I might have even seen his snippet. I think he put like ninety second collage on himself, and he looked good for me. I still think he's his position in a Wolves team is the right side of a back three for me personally if Samado's fit and available but looking at let's not you know be around the bush that the 11's probably 99% is going to be the 11 that played against uh, started on the weekend isn't it so am I happy with that like in a way yeah but at the same time like for me I don't really particularly rate Hover as a right wing back. I know, and again, I know he had a, meant to have a great game on, on, on the weekend. Like in a five, do you want to see Mar? Do you want to see Aitna, You know, you want to see Aitnery over Marcel, surely, as well for me. Like, but again, you know, maybe Marcel gives the team a bit more balance and a bit more protection again because we're looking quite vulnerable at the back. So. It'll be that eleven that started against um, Celta Vigo, and you know I still feel like we can go and get something at, at Leicester. There's nothing, to, you know, looking at their eleven at the moment. Like I know we were talking about it earlier, I don't particularly rate Ayoze Perez. I don't think that Sionchu is what people thought he was. I think he got exposed a lot last season and looked quite poor for Turkey in the summer. Ricardo Pereira, after that real bad injury, couldn't really get a kick last season. And if they're playing a Marty, I do think we can get them at the back. I think that we, you know, we can actually cause them some problems on the weekend. But like I said constantly, every time under Nuno, where I think it's different under Large is intent. Nuno would have gone there to get a nil-nil. Large will go there to win the game. That's just my opinion. He'll look to win the game first and foremost. So if we go there with the right intent, I think we can hurt them. And I still feel Maybe it's blind faith and optimism, but I do feel that we could actually go there and get a get a solid performance and solid results. Well. Yeah, I mean, Adam, I, 
there are probably still a couple of question marks, I think, based on the way the game went on Saturday um, with regards to central midfield. And then Donka came on for Matinho at half time and seemed to have an impact. You know, we started much better in the second half, like we always do. But, you know, he, he, he seemed to have, um, you know, a positive influence on the team. Um, how would you go in, in the middle of the park? I think if you want to bring the best out in Neves, which is what we want to do, you have Dendonka and Neves, and then you just give Neves that licence to to go forward. Um, and Dendonka doing the dirty job for us, really. Um, we definitely won't play with two up front, because what with uh, Catroni going out on loan yet again and obviously almost certain that Mir will be sold. We're not going to play our only two strikers up, you know, you know we're not going to start both of them. So I think it will be Jimenez on his own up front with his supporting, usual supporting cast behind him. Um, but I agree what George said. I think we, we've seen attempts from, from large to make us more of a front foot attacking team. Um, the, the obviously, for both, as, as, as George said, the, 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 weak, the weak, weakness for both teams is, is at the back. Um, so as long as we don't have too bad a first half, like, like a Celta Vigo style first half, that could potentially, because if, we, if we're not careful, if we, if, we, if we do take too long to get out the blocks, Leicester are obviously very dangerous going forward and, and potentially is that we don't want to be out of sight by half time. But I think that it's going to be a rather entertaining score draw on Saturday. Um, it's obviously, first games, first games of seasons are you know, relatively too hard to call with certainty. But I think if we can play to our strengths going forward, as do they, I think we, we could be in for a good game normally. I, mean, I know the one, the game that we had against them last season wasn't, uh, two seasons ago, sorry, wasn't that great a game. I, rem- I remember, I recall from being there. But um, I think this one could be a bit different. I think it can be quite an entertaining game. Um, but I think it will be a case of like the four-two-three-one or the five-five-four-one, um, where whatever system we choose to play, definitely will be with one up front. And I just hope that Neves is given like a license to to play the role that he did against Celta Vigo because that's how we're going to see the best of him. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I think I picked out in my GTA a couple of moments where. He just he you just looked visibly ten yards further up the pitch, and I think it's something that we're just not used to seeing him in those kind of positions. It, so it, it took a bit of getting used to, but you liked what you saw uh, ultimately because mm-hmm. he can have an influence in the final third. Um, Stu, I, I, I'm assuming you're you, you, you're going down, yeah, to, yeah, to the King Power. How, how are you looking forward to your first away day in in God knows how long? Well, since March, right? The Spurs. Uh, Spurs away it was the last last game of anything. Yeah. Um, even though I'll be quite negative and all this kind of, and I'll kind of in a wind up way, so we're going to get battered four 0 earlier in the in the group chat. I ain't look forward to a game this much for a long time, and I think the whole Nuno drain of the last eighteen months of bollocks has kind of um, has reinvigorated things now, and the, the fact that he can't be that bad anymore, and we've got 
someone who likes attacking for a change. And you look at that, the highlights that we put out about the um, the Derby away game four years ago, yeah. and how good we were that day. And that was playing with a, a three foot with a back three. So back threes don't necessarily mean you have to be defensive. It's just yeah. you you show intent and you you go forward. And it shows in the championship that we we did it a lot of the times. And then they did resort to type, and we had to control the game and blah blah blah. But it could it could be a battering, and it could be a score draw. And but looking at a win, but I know that's that's the, that's the only thing. I, it's going back to what I said nearly probably an hour ago about the fact that you look at that def- that central defense is going to be Cody, Sace, and what Kilman on his wrong side, and that's piss poor. <laughs> And I, I don't know why Marcel hasn't been tried at left centre back, uh, the left of a back three, because he's play, he played there in the Champions League before he joined us. So with Aitnori as wing back, I don't know why that hasn't been tried. Yeah, and that, the, as well, it was against the Leon team that not Man City out as well, playing left exactly. centre back. Yeah, exactly. So it's another one of these weird little things where you think, well. I know that would mean Sace probably on the right side of central defence, and that's where the problem's going to be. But if we go full Keegan, I don't care as long as it's as long as it's entertaining, and we we know that that's our weakness. So just go and bat, go at them from start to finish, and just see what happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm more than happy with doing that and losing six three or six five than a drab two nil and have one shot again. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I mean, personally speaking, uh, I, it almost came down to my loyalty points to get a ticket, actually, and I, I would have been well up for for going down. But I think it'll be nice to just see and hear a Wolves away crowd, you know, following the club and and just just getting back into that normal routine of of, of football again. Because as much as you know, a European Championships is is nice over the summer. There really is nothing like. You know, following your own club and, and the Premier League season kicking off again. Um, quickly around the room, score prediction, please, George. Three-one Wolves. Bloody hell! Just fancy it. Just, just up for the league. Up, up, up for the season. Fine. I mean, I, I fancy uh, Eva Longoria, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just not going to happen, is it? <laughs> Adam. Uh, I'm gonna go for a Desmond. Oh, like, up. It, feels like, it feels like we're gonna get a few of them. I think this season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll one up you with that under three three. Oh bloody yeah, bloody yeah. Well, I mean, we're expecting like, goals then. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like getting rid of the Nuno kind of shadow with a three three draw and uh, <laughs> picking up Nuno areas. It's like honestly, Nuno would be having nightmares about that kind of result, wouldn't he? But I don't think I don't think we've we, I don't think we've ever probably started the season with a three-three draw, have we? One for the statos out there to let us know. But I can't think of oh yeah, please any yeah. time we started the season with a three-three draw. I can remember us didn't we draw with and it wasn't three-three. Was it like Plymouth away? Was it two? Was that two-two? Two-two. Yeah, and they absolutely pissed down as well. They did the um, a montage of opening day goals. I think yesterday or today, um, and Sam Vox's goal was on there. And you think back then, like. He was like an eighteen-year-old kid, man. That was. <laughs> you know, who, who was who was captain that day? Wouldn't be not Henry. No, it's first game of the season. Who was it? 
I'm pretty sure it was Kevin O'Connor. No, that was a season before when we had no squad whatsoever. This was that was under the McCarthy era, wasn't it? Yeah, the that season. Yeah, because that was. Well, I do remember when, the Kevin when, we play, when we played Plymouth that time. We had uh, like Bothroyd and Court up front. Yeah, that yeah, time, yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah, I think Leon Clark off the bench. All that. That was that was. Mm. A, yeah, that was when Glenn Hoddle left us in the lurch that season. But it, this one was Iwaluma and Vokes. I think they um, mm. they were playing up front at the end of the game. What a weird fixture to have twice in space three years. <laughs> yeah, three years. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one, but yeah, thank God we don't have to play Plymouth for the <laughs> I say that. Oh, let's hope they get promoted to the Premier League. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but there you have it, guys. Um, your first fancast podcast of the season, all wrapped up. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, obviously, we've got all of our socials. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, give us a follow at Wolves Fancast. Our YouTube channel is obviously going to be throwing lots and lots of content out at you throughout the season as well. So make sure you like and subscribe anything that comes at you from there. Um, thank you very much, obviously, to the 90 Minute Football Network, which we are now a part of as well. And uh, from me, Adam, Jordan and Stu, it's good night. And we look forward to the Bruno era kicking off on Saturday. See you later, guys. <laughs> it would be a wolf's fun, eh? I'm going full. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a goal! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.